Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Started this game with 878 yards. Play fake by Rosen. With time, he's got a man. Larry Fitzgerald. Touchdown. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Judd down in Fort Myers, Florida where he'll fly in just in time for a foot of snow this weekend. Is it a foot? It's not a foot, is it? I heard two feet. Shut up. Now you're just messing up. I believe the Channel 5 Eyewitness News um, weather team was predicting or had today nine inches. It's supposed to be... It's not supposed to get... There was fear... there was fear as of this morning that it was going to be double digits, and now I think they think just under that. Welcome to the They're Twin Cities, Rami Maclov. Six to nine inches possible. Can I go to Fort Myers? <laughs> I mean, Judd's coming back. There's there's room in the in the La Quinta now. There will be a room open at the Quinta. You're right. Uh, so you might be asking, why did they play a Josh? They are, the, the, the Josh the Josh Rosen segment was yesterday on the show. Why would they play another Josh right. Rosen? Highlight? Doesn't make sense. And then they did it again today on Purple Daily. These guys just won't get off of this. Yeah, just move off the topic. I have a theory for you guys. All right. So, all these stories coming out, anti-Josh Rosen stories, and in some cases, anti-Kyler Murray stories. There's all kinds of agendas out there. You know, you've got... You've got people telling Charlie Casserly that uh, Kyler Murray was the worst behind-the-scenes interview the the board work that he basically can't read a play and he's just a terrible human being and all these terrible things right so people are pushing agendas behind the scenes here's my Josh Rosen and Arizona Cardinals theory okay it's all more right. it's 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 less it's less of a prediction it's more of a wouldn't it be awesome if this was true okay track me on this one Judd I know you'll appreciate this I'm listening so on the surface. With Peter King reporting, oh, they're looking, they're shopping him around, but it looks like they can only get a third round pick for him, but they're shopping him around. And on the surface, it looks like the Arizona Cardinals are going to take Kyler Murray number one overall. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they want to trade Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen catches wind of this, either directly or indirectly, and so he deletes all Cardinals things from his Instagram profile. Right. So if you add up all these things, well, he. Okay, where there's smoke, there's fire. He's gotten rid of all of his Cardinal stuff. He's offended by the fact that they have moved on from him behind the scenes and they're going to draft a new quarterback to replace him, et cetera, et cetera. But what if it happened this way? Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen's agent, general manager, coach, maybe offensive coordinator, a room of five or six people, the need to know people. Okay. Get into a room and say, All right. All right. 
Josh, we love you. It was a rocky first season. We love you. We want to stick with you long term. But we have a chance to bait someone into trading multiple first-round picks to move up to the one. But they have to think that we're going to draft Kyler Murray. If the world doesn't think we're going to draft Kyler Murray, this won't work. We need you to delete every Cardinals reference off your Instagram page. And we need to basically facilitate a public divorce through the Peter Kings and through all the the Adam Schefters of the world so that someone gets nervous and says, well, if the Cardinals are going to draft Kyler Murray at the top, we have to make an offer that they can't refuse so we can get Kyler Murray. Sort of like when RG3 was the number two overall pick. And was it the Rams who wound up getting just a boatload of picks from Washington? Yeah. Yeah. And they built parts of a team anyways that is now one of the best teams in the NFL. That is my conspiracy theory. That we've now gone triple smokescreen to the point where the Cardinals actually might love Josh Rosen and they're playing everybody for fools. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. I, I, don't, think, I don't think that's what's going on here, Phil. I, think, I am I'm livid right now. About what? My act's been completely stolen. <laughs> This is blatant plagiarism. I'm in for. I'm going to have to go to a lawyer tonight and file a complaint against Mackey for stealing my act. Doesn't it make sense though? Wouldn't that be the prudent thing to do? If you had right, you could pull put it this off. Way. Sure. So put it this way too: Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray. Does anyone really know which one of these guys is going to be the better quarterback over the next ten years? Not necessarily. Like, no. well, I like, think I think Cliff Kingsbury might have a feeling about what one can do as far as a skill set potential compared to the other, but they don't know who's going to be the most successful. No way. So if you had a chance to, so, so let, let me frame it up this way: it's a coin flip between Kyler Murray and Josh Rosen. Who's going to be the viable quarterback over the next ten years? The franchise quarterback. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you trade Josh Rosen, you might get a third round pick. But if you trade the pick that could land someone, Kyler Murray, you're probably going to get a lot more than a third-round pick, right? So wouldn't you stick oh, yeah. with Josh Rosen and then trade the number one overall pick and get an extra first-round pick? I don't know that you need to go through these great lengths to get somebody to to give up good assets for the number one pick. It's the number one pick in the NFL draft. If somebody really wants a quarterback and that quarterback is Kyler Murray they will give you value for that pick. I don't think you need to go through all these all these great links to 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 throw up all these smoke screens and convince people that you're done with Josh Rosen. But here's- I got to be honest, I I love this because there is right now there is no theory like what Phil just threw out that I would dismiss. The the paranoia and the ability of teams to basically completely lie this time of year is off the charts. Yeah. And to Phil's point, okay, you can get a lot for that pick, but let's say the team wants Kyler Murray really bad, and now you're saying, well, if if you're not going to come up and get him, we're going to take him? It, it's a stretch, but I don't think it's completely crazy. No. If you've got, put, put it this way, you've got Tampa Bay picking fifth, and they, they're, they're looking for a long-term quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're sold on Jameis Winston. The New York Giants are looking for a long-term quarterback, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are looking for a long-term quarterback. So five, six, and seven, those teams are all looking at each other right now, saying, "Okay, are are we gonna? Who is there going to be a quarterback that falls to the the number five overall pick? The Niners don't need one at two. The Jets don't need one at three. The Raiders, it kind of depends. I doubt if the Raiders are drafting a quarterback with the number four overall pick with Derek Carr on the roster. 
So if the Cardinals can create the impression that, and this is just my harebrained conspiracy theory, if they can create the impression that they are going to draft Kyler Murray, they're trying to bait the Bucks, the Giants, or the Jaguars into panicking and saying, okay, we got to jump all these teams and get to the number one pick so that it doesn't fall to one of these other jabroni teams that wants Kyler. I'm just saying, like, if I ran a front office, this is how I would roll. I would smoke screen over here. I don't inst- delete your Instagram account over there. I don't. Peter King, get over here. I don't discount the the effectiveness of smoke screens, especially around the <laughs> NFL draft. I just don't know how necessary this particular smoke screen even is. You have the number one pick in the draft. If it's something that you want to that you want to shop around. You'll have takers. People will give up assets to get the number one pick in the draft. Why do they need to drum up this drama and make people convinced that they're not sold on Josh Rosen? They could very simply say, Josh Rosen is our quarterback of the future. We have this number one pick. If you want to draft your quarterback of the future and you're afraid he won't fall to you, let's talk. You do, But here's why you do it. You do it because you can pick the player you want at pick four, and also come away with one or two extra first round picks potentially. If you if, if you were to go in and say Josh Rosen's our guy and we're gonna draft a left tackle because we need a left tackle to protect I don't even know who their left tackle is. We need a Yeah, but you protect. could you could just do what the 49ers did to the Bears a few years ago when they felt the need to draft up for Mitchell Trubisky and reports were afterwards that they, they drummed up basic and basically made the Bears bid against themselves. You just go to teams and go, Hey man. You want Kyler Murray? We got other teams calling us about this pick who are interested in Ky- in Kyler Murray. You don't. The whole Rosen angle is completely unnecessary. You could just if you wanted if you want to drum things up or and and make things up and put up these smoke screens. The only smoke screen you have to throw up is Team X called us about the first pick because they want to take Kyler Murray. Do you want to give up more than that? That's all you need to do. That's probably true, except except for, for the fact that there are teams that will go to great lengths to do things that almost make no sense just because. Now, here's my thought, though. The Cardinals GM, and the way the Cardinals have been run the past few years is not very smart, so my guess is that they are going to take him, Murray. And my guess is that they're, they're going to trade Rosen. But your theory, Phil, I like, and, and I think there are some teams, <clears throat> and they're one might be based in Egan, that would go to great lengths to try and outsmart the process and end up doing things that didn't need to be done. But I think the Cardinals are trending downward. I don't think that they're well run. And I think that Kingsbury is going to come in and draft Kyler and say, we're going to run this college offense. And the Cardinals are going to say, that's fantastic, because mm-hmm. look at the look at the success McVay had and look at what's going on. And the Cardinals might fail. But I have seen NFL executives do things where you scratch your head and you're like, you really did all that work for that just because they want to seem like the smartest people. Yeah. Uh, I got another update for you guys. Score North presents the grittiest Minnesota athletes. Bracket. Saluting the grittiest Minnesota athletes ever. A bracket to bracket all brackets. A bracket made of tungsten steel held together with iron rivets, blood, sweat, and... Chris, vote every day this week on Score North Twitter. Full bracket available on scorenorth.com. The grittiest Minnesota athletes. Bracket. Vote now. Down to the Elite Eight right now on scorenorth.com. Getting gritty. The eight grittiest athletes as we see fit in, uh, in Minnesota sports history playing for the Jack Morris Championship. In the Favre semifinal right now, the Favre region semifinal, we've got Jim Kleinsasser against Lindsey Whalen. 
And that matchup right now is very close, but it looks like Jim Kleinsasser has about a 55 to 45% lead in the voting on Ooh. Twitter. I feel like Kleinsasser has a real good chance of taking this thing. I thought she'd be a finalist. That interests me. Okay. Well, the, this might be the championship matchup here in the Elite Eight round. It's one of those situations. Uh, I believe voting for Marcus Sherrills and Harrison Smith is later on. Up in the Kevin Garnett region, Nick Punto and Jim Marshall in a neck-and-neck race right now. Uh, 50-50 exactly with 350 votes in right now. You can vote on uh, Twitter.com slash score north, by the way. Punto, I love it the fact that he insisted on sliding into first base, but this has to be Jim Marshall, right? I mean, if you're tallying like the the gritty things, Marshall. one guy played every NFL game for almost two decades. But the, the other, other guy, guy always had a dirty uniform. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, <laughs> Ronnie. Come on, guys. You're not wrong. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. And then uh, the other matchup here, it's very close again. It's Randall McDaniel against Antoine Winfield. Right now, Randall McDaniel with a 51% to 49% lead in the Score North grittiest Minnesota athletes. Elite eight. Any Randall Daniel, huh? That one doesn't, you see, you see, I still see that, that one as a battle between two guys who were gritty but were, were too good to be in this. Okay. And that's my, that's my thought. Now, now but Brett, Wayland, so is Brett Favre not gritty? He, it, I don't know how to quantify this. I, this is all a gut feeling with me. <laughs> and, and, but when it comes to Jim Marshall, I just say that's pure grit. Can you quantify grit? I don't think you could quantify grit. I feel grit is... I feel grit in baseball is, is your jersey is always dirty. Right. I feel grit in hockey is you are in the corners or in front of the net getting your butt kicked and you You're don't missing care. teeth. Right. I feel grit in football is just bouncing off the turf and basically just rolling around in mud. Basketball, what is it? Rebounding? I mean, basket, basketball is a, a little bit harder to define grit. But, you know, Taj. Taj is gritty. But in the first three sports I named, I feel like you can I can define grit. There. I think if you if you ever played with a visible injury, whether it's a limp or, or, a bone or, or your out. arm is hanging at, at the shoulder, whatever the case might be, you automatically get the label of grit. I feel like th- I think that's why Brett Favre has a yeah. bracket named after him in this because the dude was always playing. I hate to, with some I, kind of injury. It's a great point, and, and I, I hate to say this because it sounds insensitive, but I also feel like concussions were grit. Like Favre would be like, I just got my bell rung. I got a massive concussion, but I'm going out for the second half. Okay. So, yeah, so head That's trauma, head but trauma I feel is like, grit. I feel like it's grit. We should almost just make a like a Bible of grit. <laughs> well, God, think we about really it. We could. find it and hone it. We've talked about it before. <laughs> Hockey grit, right, Phil? You're in the... Zach Parisi, you're either in the corners... Or you're in front of the goal, and the whole time you're just getting cross-checked and pummeled by gloves, and you don't care. Yeah, that's hockey. That's grit. A good grit factor. And um, your skates are churning up the ice. So you can you can vote if you want to on scorenorth.com. S K O R North.com. It's the grittiest Minnesota athletes bracket, and we got a couple other brackets we're going to unveil later on this month too. It's bracket season for us. Not true. I mean, we'll fill out our basketball brackets too, but we're having more fun with some of these. What is grit? A lion cub becomes king, avenges his father Mufasa's murder by feeding evil Uncle Scar to the hyenas, completing the circle of life. Hakuna Muff.
Tata Simba. Gritty. Score North presents the grittiest Minnesota athletes. Bracket. Saluting the grittiest Minnesota athletes ever. Vote every day this week on Score North Twitter. Full bracket available on scorenorth.com. All right. It is Wednesday, which means yes, in other news oh, has man. come to the Mackie and Jug with Rami show. I have like this digital note thing that I use to, you know, just to keep like article links and blah, blah, blah and show notes and stuff. And I have more things. I keep them by categories. I have like Vikings, twins, wolves, blah, blah, blah. I have more things in my in other news tab than I do any other tab. <laughs> yes. I'm more prepared for this segment than I am anything when we talk sports. My cup runneth over with stupid crap for you in other news. Yes. And that's why I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Well, why don't you lead us off here, okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, this one comes from NPR. Shoppers are willing to pay premium for ingredients that are cage-free, organic, or wild-caught. But how do you really know if the chicken you're eating spent its life happily pecking for corn or if your blackberries were locally and are, are grown locally and are pesticide-free? Simple. Put a tracking device on it. It's not as absurd as it sounds, says Robin Metcalf, a food historian who teaches at the University of Texas, Austin. A GPS tracker strapped to the leg of a chicken, says Metcalf, means that people who potentially will buy that chicken will know every step that that chicken has taken. (laughs) Zhang An Online, a Chinese insurance company, has already outfitted, listen to this, has already outfitted more than 100,000 chickens with trackers. The sensors upload information such as how much exercise each chicken gets and what it ate. The company says the technology will be on 2,500 farms in China by next year. They're also working, this is the most ridiculous thing, I've ever read in my entire life. They're also working on facial recognition technology (laughs) so that consumers can one day make sure the organic chicken they saw on the farm is the same one that ends up on their plate. Okay, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll say this. So I have, I've gone through spurts in the last five years where, Uh where I have been vegan for like three months, six months. Uh, right now I am eating meats, but so I'm like, I could go without meats if I needed to at some point for a long time. Uh huh. And so I'm kind of back and forth. But here's the thing, Uh okay? Like, I love meats. I never want to make eye contact with the animal I'm about to (laughs) eat. Exactly. Okay? Never. Yes, Judd? Are we we basically, if you you strip away the, the whole thing and just get down to the basis, the bottom of what you read, are we talking about chicken analytics? <laughs> we are. We are. It's like, Correct, right? like, it's like the Seattle Seahawks of chicken no, farming. I mean, like, this is like the Derek Falvey of, of chicken growing. It yeah, it is. What's your, what's your, like that, what's your spin like, rate on that egg? It's like that, you know what? That Terry Ryan chicken farm was so old school. That Alaska chicken, what a bust. Now we know how to improve these chickens. I only need to track that chicken a few places. Okay? From from the fryer to my mouth. That's, that's, that's the only place I need to track that chicken's progress. Yeah, Joe, what, what were the things that the Terry Ryan chicken farm would track? Mostly just like men makeup of the chicken, right? It, it would have old far- farmer scouts, you know, going around being like, that chicken looks good. Yeah, That chicken's too expensive. But that chicken's going to be a star chicken. Yeah. We can't afford that chicken. That no, chicken's thick in the thighs. He's got a good base. Yeah, exactly. In other news, I grabbed 
I just grabbed as many stories from the Florida Man Twitter account uh-huh. as I possibly could. So some of these are like shortened to the point because it's just Florida men being idiots. Right. In other news, the story starts from MiamiHerald.com. He was in for a rude awakening. Peter Hans Emery Jr., a 56-year-old man from Pinellas County, Florida, was arrested on Thursday after police say he stole pills labeled, I'm going to butcher this, Hydrocodone acetaminophen. Acetaminophen. Okay. Mm-hmm. According to an arrest warrant from the Pinellas County Sheriff, uh-huh. Sheriff's Office. But police say Emery soon learned the pills he stole weren't the powerful opioids he was hoping for. Instead, the Florida man soon realized he had stolen something else, police say. Uh oh. Laxatives. <laughs> oh. I figured it had something to do with. <laughs> with that or the other thing you would ac- accidentally steal. And- That's right. Uh, oh. Jane Ream, who lived with Emery, told WFLA that he bought a camera and switched the laxatives with the opioids. Ream said he suspected Emery had stolen his pills in the past, so he tried to set his roommate up. And then Ream says his fears about his roommate were proven true. Quote, I couldn't believe how quick he got in. I love how they're like holding yeah. one guy who has opioids yeah. and is maybe slinging them. I couldn't believe how quick he got in. He just basically, from the video, he just walked in. He had the code, and he was in. The arrest warrant says a home video camera captured Emery. There's video of this, by the way, on the website. And there's a WWE title belt sitting on the desk next to <laughs> the This is why Maggie bottle. picked this story. Loves this. Uh, uh, the video captures Emery opening up a lockbox in the home and swiping two pills from the mislabeled pillbox. Emery is seen putting two pills in his hand, police say, and then leaving with them on Thursday morning, guessing he had to run to a bathroom at some point shortly after. You know what I like about this story? This guy was like, I think my roommate has a problem. He's stealing my opioids. I should punk him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not I should find him help. Let me punk him and make him poop his pants. That, that was his thought. Be more when he thought his roommate had such a problem with opioids that he was stealing him from him, he thought, I need oh. to punk this guy and put it on the internet. That, that, that was his initial reaction. But I've lost lots of weight. That's true. <laughs> That's the good news. Mm-hmm. In other news, Dateline New Fane, New York, from the Associated Press. State police say a Western New York man faked his own abduction and robbery because he, he was short of cash owed. Oh, good. This is super, one of the ones I had. I, now I can do a different one. Cool. In a Super Bowl pool, troopers found 60-year-old Robert Brendel tied up in his pickup on pickup truck Monday in a parking lot in New Fane, which is 30 miles north of Buffalo, Matthew Collar. Brendel told troopers <laughs> two men involved in his Super Bowl squares robbed him of $16,000, drove him around for two days, and left him tied up in his pickup. Investigators determined Brendel had entered some fake names in his $50,000 squares pool, hoping to make the most of his winnings, but instead ended up short for the payoffs. Brendel was charged with fraud and falsely reporting an incident. It could not be determined if he has a lawyer to comment. Clearly, he doesn't because he's an idiot. Was this the uh, was this the Super Bowl squares pool that Jesse Smollett put on? It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a very good question. Well what what type of Super Bowl squares pool is fifty thousand dollars? Yeah, pretty, really. That's what aggressive. I thought when I read the story. That's very aggressive. It's really aggressive. Yeah, I mean. I mean that's a, I feel like Super Bowl squares is just sort of a fun little spicy it's like, like right people do pennies on Super Bowl right. squares how is yeah. there fifty thousand dollars in your Super Bowl squares it's you just, like you're it's like you're crushing nachos drinking some beers and like all oh, the the you know it's a one day in the first quarter I'm out or something right that's what Not, it's supposed to a, be 
Yeah, not, not this is a $50,000 squares pool. And oh, by the way, I'm short of cash, so you're, I'm going to fake my abduction and say I was driven around for two days. You're sweating a salary based on some extra points <laughs> in the third quarter. Whatever. Yeah. Before I move on to my next story, are you sure, Phil, I can't do the one I showed you right before we came on the air? I, I don't think I waved I, that off. I oh, said, you didn't? No, I think. Oh, okay. I think we're good oh, with that one. Great, you went then. on Twitter and accused Mackie of telling you you couldn't I do it. I must have misunderstood what he said. I no, asked, I think we're good on that. Okay, cool. Awesome. <laughs> and I can use all the words. All the words of this article I can use. Let's see what happens. You're the boss, <laughs> so I can't get fired. Let's see what happens. Uh, this comes from Fox News and other news. Actually, it comes from Fox News by way of The Sun. A billionaire diamond trader. This is really proof that people just can't have enough in their life. A billionaire diamond trader died during a penis enlargement operation at a posh Parisian clinic. It was reported a hood Arie Laniato died at the age of 65 in the clinic of an unnamed plastic surgeon on the Avenue des Champs-Élysées butchered that in the french capital according to local media complications during surgery uh, proved fatal for the belgian israeli dual national and he suffered a heart attack when a substance was injected into his penis how about replace that word with device every time you come across it now okay the billionaire whose exact fortune is not publicly known got in trouble with authorities in 2013 because uh he was dealing in blood diamonds from congo and angola so it's cool we can laugh about his death he's an awful human being it sounds like uh um, let me go down here. A statement read, farewell. Maybe not the best way to transition in this particular story. To but. a visionary businessman, it is with great sadness that we confirm that our founder, Ehud Arie Laniato, has passed away. According to media reports, Laniato suffered from a so-called Napoleon complex due to his short stature. No. An old friend of his who wished to remain anonymous said he was known, quote, as the Argentinian at Omega Diamonds because he looks like a tango dancer. The old friend said that Lanato was Always focused on his appearance and how others perceived him. This dude was a billionaire diamond trader who was a good-looking guy. I'm looking at him right now. Good-looking guy. Good-looking dude. He owned the most expensive penthouse in Monaco. He lived in a plush L.A. suburb when he wasn't there. He loved to drink bottles of Chateau Margot with models and celebrities. But he just had to have a bigger device. All that wasn't good enough. He had to have a bigger device. Why are you ripping on this man for trying to improve himself? All we talk about these days is self-improvement, and this poor guy goes and tries to improve himself, and you just <laughs> tore him apart. I feel like most, supposed friend. I feel like most guys think, I need the device enhancement pill or surgery so that at some point I can become rich and all these things. Like, he's doing it the other way. Yeah. You like got all these you, other things. If you've got nothing going for you, I understand why you right. need a bigger device, or you think you need a bigger device, but this dude had... He had the world by the device. <laughs> Decided he needed a bigger Wait, no, device. No, he, no, the device would be in a little different place than what, what he had the world by. Right? <laughs> he had the world by the buttons on the device? I, I think, yes! Wow! Oh, no. Good no. job! In other news, uh-huh. this from NBC2.com in Palm Beach, Florida. <coughs> the man who drove his Ferrari into the intercoastal in Palm Beach in late December, told police he did it because, quote, Jesus told me to, according to a report from the Palm Beach police. (laughs) On December 26th, James uh, Mucciaccio of Deerfield Beach was was approached by a police officer as he was removing items from his Ferrari, which was parked on a public dock. Mucciaccio told the police officer that his friend told him to park on the dock so he could pick him up by boat. 
when told he could not park on the dock, this man apologized and went to retrieve his driver's license from the Italian sports car. Uh, and then it says, now, click here to read the story or subscribe. But you get the gist of it. You get the gist of it. Jesus told him to drive his Ferrari into the intercoastal in Palm Beach in late December. Dude, that is one time where I'm not listening to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. In almost, no, no, no. In almost any Jesus, other no. case, if Jesus, if Jesus appears to me and starts talking to me, I will take it very seriously and I will do whatever he says. If he says put your Ferrari in the lake, I'm be like, uh, listen, let's listen, uh, Jesus. Go talk to your boss. <laughs> <laughs> I need to talk to God here, okay? Need some clarification. Oh, Sorry, no. Jesus, can't do it. <laughs> this is a no can do. Oh my gosh, that is in other news. Can I do one Mackie more? Can I do just oh, one more, please? Yeah. Okay. In yeah. other news, Dateline, Jordan, Minnesota, right here in our own state of Minnesota. It's in the Jonathan stomping grounds. Now. Police officer, maybe Jordan, maybe he's the, maybe Jonathan is the culprit. Police officers in Jordan, Minnesota, were called to check on the welfare of a man standing motionless outside in the cold, wearing no coat and hugging a pillow. That's when, definitely Jonathan. When yeah. officers arrived, yeah, so far. they no, no, found no. the man it was actually... Uh, what was that? A corn dog. The corn dog, yeah, that's yeah, true. Come on, oh, get it right. Okay. Okay, but it, it wasn't Jonathan, Jonathan, because when officers arrived, they found the man was actually a cardboard cutout of MyPillow CEO yeah. Mike Lindell. <laughs> oh, I saw the cardboard cutout, though. It looked pretty real. I can see how you'd be confused. The Jordan Police Department shared it in a Facebook post that the cardboard cutouts sure can look real from a distance, and the caller certainly was not wanting to get too close, thinking, who is this deranged person standing outside in the cold, hugging a pillow, always better to call the police. He's a creepy dude. So I have I have one of those cardboard cutouts of, my. is it Mike Lindell, right? <laughs> really? I have one of those cutouts. Yeah. 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 Where's the where can we put it somewhere in the Twin Cities? Like where's the creepiest place we could put that? <laughs> could we put it in one of the alleys on First Ave where people after a Wolves game are looking down a dark alley and there's the my pillow guy wait, 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 standing why, there? Why would people walking out of a Wolves game be looking down a dark alley though? What do you mean? Well, I'm saying if there are are they actually going to cuz they ordinarily just retreat right to their cars. You're so like, you're overthinking the joke. <laughs> so like where else could you put it? You're no, I'm trying to improve the placement. Okay. I'm trying to help you out. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. Empty office building yeah. in the window at night. Yeah, that just, would be good. No, too. Okay, that might be good. <laughs> I love Judd microanalyzing my joke there. I didn't put much thought into it. You could put it in the Skyway, <laughs> like to ramp. That air would or be great if you put it in the Skyway. Skyway, it's right night, in the middle. At night, <laughs> in one of like the dead ends where it goes into someone, some like apartment building, <laughs> in a parking garage somewhere, like right recently, <laughs> oh. with tears of blood coming down. <laughs> yes. Okay. This is this is jump the shark right now. All right, Judd, tell us about your favorite ticket company before we come back and wrap with Roycey. I will, and those, of course, are the folks I've been telling about for a few weeks now at SeatGeek. You know, the great thing about wanting to go to a sporting event, and that could be a Wolves game, could be a Wild game, certainly could be a Twins game, is that uh, events are never truly sold out. There's always tickets available, right? But this gets us into two key points I've been discussing. 
One is, where do you go for those tickets? And the second is, whom can you trust? And I've got the answer to both those questions, and it remains the same as it was yesterday and the day before, and it will remain the same forever because it's the folks at SeatGeek. SeatGeek, what they do is they pull millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats that you want for a price that you're going to pay. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. All you need to do is go to SeatGeek.com. You'll see all of your ticket buying options. I'm there right now, and as I said, I'm looking at Wolves tickets. I'm looking at uh, Wild tickets. And by searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase fully guaranteed, so you can shop uh, for tickets on SeatGeek with complete confidence. SeatGeek, it's your go-to source for everything from sports, but not just sports, also concerts, comedy, the theater. Best of all, my listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is download that SeatGeek app and enter the promo code JUDD today. That's download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code JUDD. That's promo code J-U-D-D, and that gets you $10 off, as I just said, your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event, and we have the tickets. Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to wrap with Royce here on Mackie and Judd with Rami, and there is Patrick Royce on our phone line. How are you this afternoon, Pat? I am uh, very good, very good. In fact, I'm pulling into the ballpark here to uh, see what uh, Judd's up to after he uh, gets off the air. But I didn't leave quite enough time to get up there to do the show. So, anyway. Hey, Pat, any thoughts uh, on the uh, the Bears signing a kicker today by the name of Chris Blewett? He's actually a kicker whose last name is Blewett. Damn <laughs> <laughs> fun with that. Well, it's Cody Parkey, you know. They were going to stick with him, but then he went, well, he went on some one of the late-night TV shows and made fun of himself, right? Yeah. And Nagy went slip-off. Uh, went crazy, and they just basically let him go. They stuck with him every time he hit a goal post, and one day he hit four of them. They stuck with him. But uh, when he uh, went on, uh, when he went on and made jokes about it on late night TV, that was it. See you later, buddy. Isn't it amazing the way these guys? Uh, you go back and look at the early years of, of Kitty when the Vikings first came in, and. We, we we remember Freddie Counts as legendary, right? He made about fifty five percent. Oh hell, Freddie missed the twenty eight yard. That's okay. We'll get him next time. <laughs> and now it's uh, you know if you miss one from inside fifty, get him out of here. We need somebody else in here. Yeah, when did what was Parky's what was Parky's miss? Forty six or something, right? It was. Yeah, I think it was forty two. Yeah, it was shorter than that. Yeah, it was forty two. I mean, he was supposed to make forty two, but it's not like. You know, it's not like Blair Walsh missing an extra point, you know. So, uh, but it is uh, it is amazing the standard that we apply to kickers now. Yeah, well, when, okay, I, I want to go down this, this rabbit hole here because, <laughs> because what you brought up is fast. So I, the first kicker I remember, like, really watching closely when I was a little bit younger was probably Fouad Revez and, like, that sort of early yeah, right. 90s era. And I remember, I remember Fouad Revez just being a, he was the Tecmo Super Bowl kicker for the Vikings, and yes, he was just right, right, right. And I'll bet you he just made gonna, them. He made a lot of them, right? But but they didn't. Also, they didn't try fifty four yarders back then. Right, they were a punt. You know, they did. So he they, was. They, I, they, I'm, they, I'm bringing they, him up. He 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 went to the Vikings in 1991, and like he was he was only making seventy to seventy five percent of his kicks. I mean that gets yes. that gets you cut in week three in today's NFL. Yeah. We thought he was only reliable flawed. <laughs> Way to go, flawed. <laughs> Hell, if he would have 
of course, you know, when they, you know, when they were missing, half of it was uh, when they were kicking it straight forward instead of, you know, kicking it with the front of their foot instead of the side of their foot. But, uh, you know, you go back to the 50s and sometimes into the early 60s, some of the kickers played positions. Lou the Tom Groza, the great Cleveland Browns kicker, was an offense starting offensive tackle. So, uh, you know, that those everything has changed. But you know what it's applicable to, uh, Phil, is uh, it's the quarterbacks, too. I mean, okay, eh, you know, Tommy threw 21 interceptions, but he had a pretty good year. You know, he was okay. And now uh, you throw 10, you get released. It's, yeah. uh, it, it's a bad, you know, and the efficiency rating, he was in the 80s. Oh, okay, that's pretty good. Now in your 80s, you're 28th in the league. It's uh, the, the kickers and uh, quarterbacks, the efficiency of both has uh, really changed. Yeah. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this here, Pat. So I, I don't want to debate Richard Pitino because we've already done that a million times, but what I've always said is if you're, if you're going to be out on Richard Pitino, I'd like to know what's behind door number two. I'd like to know... Who are the realistic options? Do you have any inkling or any educated guesses as to who would be a like realistic upgrades if they were to, to decide this year or next year to go in a different direction? Like Fred Hoiberg well, would make me all, interested. First of all, first of all, he stays. Okay, last yeah. night guaranteed that they're going to the tournament. He's good. I wouldn't be surprised if he got a two, three year, a couple of year extension because you got to have five years in case one of the guys redshirts. You know when they recruits. Art to come if they uh, if they're not there five years. Uh, well, uh, you know I don't know. How about uh, Texas? Uh, who was it? Texas Tech went and got this guy. Nobody ever heard of, right? Chris Beard, and he's fantastic. So uh, I, I guess you got to make you know Aaron Musselman comes to mind quickly, but I I got a hunch they're not going to uh, go down that route. And he's you know he's in his fifties now, but you know, you could hire him and he could. He could probably uh, get a little of his old man's magic and, and put a lot more people in the arena. But uh, I, Hoiberg is uh, ridiculous. So he's not going to come here. And uh, I, I, I would have to, uh, you know, think about, you know, some young stud who's uh, going to be the right guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys you could hire that were more experienced than Richard Patino when, he, when you hired him. So, yeah. right? I mean, this this. There's there's a there's a there's a lot of options, but I you know that said I never said you should run him out of here. I said about a month ago this is it. He's either got to make the tournament or he's gone, and he's going to make the tournament, so that's fine. And then the way they're playing right now, uh, they might actually win a game uh, if they uh, you know they get the, in the first round uh, because you'll be what an eleven seed playing a six. That happens sometimes. I wonder if they might get stuck as one of the 11s that has to play uh, in that play-in game. Uh, you know, because they've changed those rules, and, and one of those play-in games is an 11 and a 6. And it depends upon if they beat Maryland, they're going to get a halfway decent seed, I would think. Why but do we do the uh, the 11 seed playing? They should. It's, it seems kind of odd that they do the 16 seed playing game and the 11s. They should do like a two seed playing game. Just put two. <laughs> you know, North Carolina, Kansas, go. You're yeah, a, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, have a good one. Well, that's kind of like the. Uh, that's what you guys have in your uh, bracket for the greatest athletes. Oh, I'm gl- glad you, you got, glad you brought you that up. Two number one. You got you got two number one seeds playing each other in the first round. Well, we've got and we've got we've got a couple. We got Jim Kleinsasser. 
<laughs> Sorry. Yeah. We've got Jim Kleinsasser and Lindsey Whalen matched up in the Elite Eight right yeah, now. Yeah, right? Well, that's true. Yeah, you got two threes going against each other. You got two three seeds playing each other. It's very, uh, very odd seating. And then, then sometimes you got a, you know, you got a 15 playing a 16, too. It's, uh, it's kind of a strange uh, deal there. But, uh, hey, that, I, I back to the Gophers, just uh, watching in the, uh, from a distance in a saloon with Judd, that uh, scene on the court last night is one of the best scenes that we've had at Williams Arena since, I don't know when. Well, these guys yeah. would tell you since the Ohio State brawl. I would have said since uh, the Indiana game, probably. Oh, this was, this was, uh, there are, there are uh, court rushes that are dangerous, but the one advantage of the elevated court is, these fat asses have to climb up there to get there. <laughs> so by, the time they, by, the time they, by the time they get on the court, you know, 20 seconds have expired, and it's not like you're being rushed. You can say, oh, here they come. Look at that tub trying to climb up on the, on the floor. And, uh, yeah, it's Williams Arena court rushes aren't dangerous because they're tired from climbing up the, uh, onto the floor. So Yeah. Uh, but, but anyway... Well, no, but the scene that it created, uh, certainly with the seniors being interviewed and the, and the students all around them, that was, that was a neat scene. And, uh, you know, what, uh, you, you knew they were, some of these, uh, the guys I was watching with yesterday, I I told them two minutes into the second half, they're rushing to court tonight, and they were trying to argue with me. I said, no, they're coming tonight. They're, they're uh, you know, they're there, and. And they're they're going to come tonight if you beat the mighty eleventh ranked Boilers. So hey, what about Matt's? What the hell is the name of this big uh, firmer we got? That uh, Matt Stockman. Yeah, well, where? Why has he not been playing this year? He's played a little he bit, won. right? Yeah, a little bit, but oh, not yeah, a ton. Four minutes. Uh, but he blocks shots and uh, he's got a little uh, got a little attitude in him. Got a terrible haircut. He looked like, looked like a Hitler. Uh, I knew that was coming. I've thought it, but never said it. I knew that was coming. He looks like a seven foot Hitler youth with that haircut. Someone cut the hair, buddy. But did you? That said, he played. He played great last night. Hey Pat, did did you see Rick Pitino's Twitter account? Twelve hours ago, he tweeted, gave at Coach Patino Min one piece of advice. When the going gets tough, go with Matts. He won't let Gopher Nation down. Way to go, big fellow. Oh, Rick's taking credit for this. Rick is taking credit for this. Rick, Rick, who called up his chin and said, take this stiff off my hands, Lee. I don't want to give him a scholarship. Uh, Yeah. How much did Rick play him? Minutes, I have no idea. He just, like he's that. taking credit now. No, he play. He aver- I think uh, he averaged like t- four minutes a game in in Louisville, something like that. Yeah, it's not yeah. not a lot. All right, Rick. So let your kid take a little credit for something he hasn't had much to take credit for here. So, uh, but uh, it, it certainly helps when Coffee uh, decides that he's going to play uh, uh, basketball. It doesn't have to the last four games. It's uh, made a little difference. Yes, uh, I would. I would agree with that. Hey, Pat, in our last minute here, so any any uh, final words for Judd's last night in in Fort Myers here? He's been, uh, you know, it's, it's not the Judd we all know and love because I asked him his first night what he was going to do, and he said I got to go back to the hotel and write. So uh, you know, that's, he's. Uh, I don't know. He's. I thought he'd come down and uh, raise a little hell, but he's uh, very well behaved. So. 
I, I, think maybe, I, I guess it's the wet. I guess it's the wet more influence. The most boring roommate I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I don't drink, and I have more fun than wet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, car- carrots and hummus. Carrots and hummus. <laughs> oh man! Oh. Watching watching iPad movies together with his girlfriend who's three five. Seventeen hundred miles away. That's an exciting night. Oh man! That's oh, hilarious. I didn't know about that. Anyway. Oh boy. No oh, boy. Oh yeah. 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 A couple yeah. grizzled yeah. relationship <laughs> veterans here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don and I aren't watching iPad. Movies. That's right. Hey, I was in Naples today. Ran into. I was in Naples today and ran into Gladdy and Saint Janice. Uh, we had lunch together, so that was fun. Nice, nice. Well, yeah. good, good luck to yeah. good luck to Gladdy in the uh, grittiest uh, athletes bracket. Actually, he lost to Antoine Winfield. So what? Maybe maybe next year he lost. Uh, he did. Okay. He lost oh to wow! Yep. Who was voting? Football heavy voting, probably. Our brilliant well, listeners. That's oh, okay. I love those people. <laughs> <laughs> Antoine right. Whitfield might be the toughest Vikings ever. So yeah, that's tough. All right. All right. Goodbye to both you guys. All right. See you guys. Bye. <laughs> Wetmore's watching movies with his girlfriend on the iPad. Well, they're away like they're three weeks, you know, apart for three weeks. They connect with the gal. How do you even do it? Like on VR? Or is she on an iPad and he's on an iPad and they're just watching it simultaneously? Maybe one narrates to the other. I don't know. Not sure. We'll ask him tomorrow. Maggie and Jeff with Robbie. <laughs>